You're listening to the DJ Idea Sharing Podcast Network. Hola, it's Mike Fernino. You're listening to the DJ Idea Sharing Podcast Network. Hey, we're on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and iTunes. Please subscribe to the program. It won't hurt you, I promise. Hey, did you know that DJ Idea Sharing actually started out as a small local get-together in the New England region? It grew into large-scale events that we held at DJ stores and equipment stores. And then we were presented with our own chat forum by Ryan Berger from MobileBeat. That evolved into our podcast about 12 years ago. And then ultimately, we opened up the group feature with Facebook, and the rest is history. My archive series embraces our history, and today we go back to 2008 at the Mobile Beach Show and Conference in Las Vegas. My partner at the time, Rob Peters, and I, we had a group participation session that we called the Fishbowl. Now, attendees would put questions and topics into an actual fishbowl. We would pull them out and moderate, and then we'd invite all the attendees up to an open microphone for their contribution. Essentially, it was about sharing ideas. And that's what the movement has always been about. So let's have some fun and reminisce as we go back to Mobile Beat Las Vegas in 2008, as we have our little session called The Fishbowl. Today, on the DJ Idea Sharing Podcast Network Archives. We're doing what's called The Fishbowl, which is an open topic, which means you ask the questions. This is basically kind of about anything relevant to and, DJ. And, by the way, we don't necessarily have the answers. We are the moderators of this forum you are encouraged to participate. Um, something that somebody asked about earlier is about referral reward networks, or rewarding your past and present clientele for referring new business to your company. And somebody asked me about what um, some ideas would be. So I figured I'd at least share mine first. What we usually do is we, we have a wedding welcome packet. When anybody books with us, they get a welcome packet with information on who their DJ is, what package they've booked, different things that we do. And one of the things we include in there is information about our referral reward program, where if they refer a friend to our company and that friend books us, we give the referrer a $25 gift certificate. Little way of saying thank you for referring a friend. Now, there are a couple of different things you can do. I've heard people that have done uh, restaurant gift certificates. I use a service called giftcertificates.com. It's the Internet's biggest gift certificate website. You can find everything here. All your box stores like your uh, Target, your Macy's, uh, Sears, American Airlines is on there, restaurant gift certificates, movies. And the cool thing about it is you give the super certificate... And the user can use it to buy a gift certificate at what they want. So let's say, let's do the hypothetical. The hypothetical, you give out a restaurant gift certificate to a seafood restaurant. Well, guess what? The bride's allergic to seafood. What's she going to do with that gift certificate? It's going to be like that picture frame I gave my grandmother. It's going to be regifted. So instead, give them an opportunity. American Airlines is on there, and the cool thing about it is they're going on their honeymoon. They can buy a gift certificate towards their airfare, or they can use it at the airport to actually buy drink vouchers and food vouchers for the flight. So I like it. And again, it's empowering the people that are either trusting you to entertain at their event or people who have trusted you, who are happy with you, are going to refer their friends over to you. It gives them a little more motivation. Sounds good to me. So there you go. Does anybody have any ideas, anything you're doing that you want to share with the class? Come right up to the microphone here, young man. Hi, guys. I'm AJ Barbarito from St. Louis. Uh, Millennium Music is a company that I work for. Um, Actually, something along those lines with uh, giving away gift certificates, something that we do when we book like a weekday karaoke show, um, an extra show here or there, uh, one of the things that we ask from that venue that we were doing that show for, aside from uh, the fee that we charge, is we get gift certificates from the restaurant, the bar, something like that. So 
you know, not only do we have it, we, and we just basically keep them until we have a client that we want to give them away to. So it's kind of a way that, you know, you can just regenerate something from another show, put it into, you know, building your clientele, stuff like that. So that's what I got. Thank you, AJ. Thanks, AJ. Give him a hand. And you know what? Stemming off the last topic, because I know some of the people that were at our, our previous seminar we did today, the gift certificate is an ordinary business expense. Anybody else have any ideas? And we can shift gears and we can open it up to you. Come on down up. Yep. And we will be. Uh, we'll probably take a couple of questions on every topic and then move and go on to the next topic. Please introduce yourself. Where are yeah, you from? Jordan River, Jordan River Productions. This is actually um, uh, more about your vendors and appreciative towards the vendors that actually refer you business um, instead of possibly the, um, the clients referring you business. So I think you get more business from vendors a lot of times than you do possibly from clients. So what you can do is like a little potpourri of ideas, like you know, send out scratchers to people, you know, dollar scratchers. And sometimes for us, DJs pull out $25 out of our own pocket. It's very difficult, isn't it? But anyways, so screening out scratchers, dollar bills, little thank you notes. The little personal thing is really, I, this is the one of the biggest gifts you can ever give anybody. A personal, handwritten note. Thank you, Jordan. On that, you know, give him a nice hand. <laughs> thank uh, you, on, notes. On that note, he brought up a great point regarding wedding professionals, not just uh, giving goodies to brides and corporate clients. But uh, I know that uh, a photographer friend of mine, who I kind of lost touch with, sent me a box from uh, Cheryl and Company. Now, Cheryl and Company, I don't know if you guys know what they do. They make the most decadent cookies you ever had in your life. Mm. Guess what? After I got that box, she started getting referrals for me again. And I thought about it. I said, mm -hmm. it worked for her. I think she got about four or five wedding referrals for a uh, $30 box of cookies. It works. It worked. I did it. I'm going to go out on a limb here, as usual. My name is Scott Favor, the Game Master. Okay, how was that for phony? Um, I'm going to go out here on a limb. <laughs> and I'm going to ask my friend here, what's your name? Katrina. Katrina, if you had your choice right now between your best ever paying event or, no offense, a box of cookies, which would you prefer? Event. Event. We agree. Networking is a two-way street. And if you are networking with vendors, send them your appreciation. Absolutely. If you are networking with venues, send them your appreciation. Positively. But they would really like for you to send them brides. They would really like for you to send them business. Venues are hurting right now just as much as everybody else. So my suggestion is work something into your regular business cycle that allows you to take a couple who's getting married and say, listen, I happen to know that Mike has this great place over there. Why don't we go visit it? And now all of a sudden you are sending brides to Mike's venue or you're networking with your photographer and you're not just sitting down with the bride, but you say to your bride, listen, I'd love to meet with you. What else are you looking for? Oh, you need a photographer. You need a person for a ceremony. Well, listen, why don't the four of us get together? For, four, it's just you and me. Yes, you and your fiancé and me and my three vendors that I'd like to introduce you to, the photographer, the videographer, and the person at the ceremonies. Thank you, Scott. Great hey, stuff. On that note, talking about referrals, this is a little Web 2.0 thing for you. On our links page on our website... We are working with a, uh, a site called delicious.com, and that is a so social bookmarking site. And what you can do is simply put all of your favorite bookmarks in this system, delicious.com. But the neat thing is you have one outbound link that goes from your site to delicious. However, right now on my webpage, I have about 45 recommended professionals from florists to limousines to photographers to videographers. If anyone knows, and correct me if I get this wrong, Steve, you need to have more incoming links, inbound links to your site than outbound if you want SEO, search engine optimization. Right. I got that right? 
the more, right. So if I have 45 links on my site, that means I have 45 outbound referrals. Okay. But that's bad. Very bad for SEO. So by using delicious, I have one. Yet, I'm making all 45 of these people happy. It's called delicious.com. Does anybody have anything that they would like to ask about? Can be anything relevant. Oh, Scott Favor is giggling in the corner. All right. It's all about sharing. That's why we call it DJ Idea Sharing. Sorry, this is not the Scott Favor Show. Thank you for letting me share, though. Um, if you're looking for more links. Which way do you want them going, Mike? Uh, you want to have many more incoming to you than going from your site. So you want those links pointing to your site. Is you that want correct? As many, you want as many wedding professional sites coming into you. Okay. So here's the solution. LinkedIn. If you have yourself a nice, serious database of contacts of individuals, then you want to invite all of those people to link in with you. If you are not familiar with what LinkedIn is, Rob, you'll explain that. Or Mike, do you know what LinkedIn Actually, is? Actually, I'm going to have Steve. Oh, even better. Explain Excellent. real quick because Steve is uh, really into that. You're also going to hear a lot about Facebook and all kinds of other things at this convention. Listen, because Web 2.0 is the wave. Steve Fernino, give him a nice round of applause, everybody. He's the producer of our program. Thank you. Um, well, basically, there's uh, a group of sites called uh, social networking sites. Many of you are familiar with MySpace, Facebook, and now LinkedIn. Now, there's a lot of others, but uh, MySpace was one of the first. And Facebook, LinkedIn, all three of these serve different purposes. LinkedIn is probably the best for creating professional contacts. A lot of people use it for online resumes, but also it's great being an entertainer. You can have contact with the people who make the decisions at various corporations, various companies. You can actually do searches on the companies themselves and the people within those companies. You can make connections. You could even recommend connections to other people. So you get connected on LinkedIn with other professionals, and it just snowballs. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, where MySpace, there's a lot of people who are bands on there, uh, or a lot of teenagers, a lot of younger set. Facebook, there's a lot of people using that for getting together with old college friends and family and all that. It's kind of the halfway point between MySpace and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the most serious for business. Facebook is also a good uh, resource as well because a lot of those business contacts are filtering also through Facebook. And MySpace can be useful, but uh, is definitely a different demographic. Thank you, Steve. Hello, my name is uh, Matthew with Sound Productions. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I have the constant concept or problem dealing with uh, the $300 DJ. I run a professional Ooh. service. You know, I run, you know, on average about $1,200 for a show. And the only way I get the clients to book me is to actually get them to my house to show them the quality that I offer. And everybody that calls, of course, gives us that great question, And well, how much is it? Well, this guy's only $300. If you give them the price, they're done with you. And there's, you can't, you know, you're done. If you give them the price, uh, they're done. They're going to look for the cheapest thing without um, searching anything any further. So... Uh, if anybody has any more uh, suggestions, how do we how do we address that a little better? Oh, you're gonna love what I got for you, Mike. And, and, and I got how do we, how do we get to you? that? You know, the, the right, three hundred dollar well, DJ. Let me tell you a few things. First of all, the three hundred dollar DJ is not going away. But you know what, Matthew, you brought up a couple of things that I kind of wanted to elaborate on. But the first big thing, I, I'm reading this. You know, every time we come out here, Mike, I'm reading a book. I bought a book. It's an awesome book. It's called Hug. Your customers, Jack Mitchell, six-hour flight. I am halfway through this book already, and it is amazing on the number of things that they talk about and things you can do. Truthfully, the $300 DJ is not going to offer the customer service that you offer, so why not capitalize on your customer service? Instead of having them come to your house, Matthew, if I may make a suggestion, why not go to their home? They're more comfortable 
number one. And number two, you're showing a service already even before you book because you're willing to go out of your way to come to their home to do the meeting. You're giving them convenience. In one of the recent Mobile Beat issues, Tom Quiner talked a little bit about one of the reasons why we get approached based on price alone is the brides don't know what else to ask us. So it's something that I actually learned before I even got to the show and I actually started implementing it last night is I've taken my phone number on my website and I've hyperlinked it to my contact us page and I changed it to contact us. When they get to contact us, there's my phone number, but it's go It's basically going to be worded as when you call us, this is what you should be asking us. Give them some information. And then when they call you with those questions, now you're beginning a dialogue service. The $300 DJ is not going to give the service that you're going to give. My name is Mike Jones. Uh, from uh, Winder, Georgia. As far as how I go ahead and approach the contact or as far as the client, we're not going to talk over the phone. We're going to go ahead and set up an appointment because what we're going to do is we're going to talk about meeting other disc jockeys or other companies, multi-op, single-ops. I will tell them that they need to meet at least two or three others before they make a decision. But we've already set up an appointment to meet face-to-face. -face. Once they meet you face-to-face -face and you're showing that service, and they meet the $300 disc jockeys, yeah, they're going to come back to you. They're going to pay two and three times more. My minimum is $1,700. i am in a different area, no doubt about it, but I am two to three times more like you are with the other guys. Once you get a chance to sit down to talk with them face-to-face -face, saying, look, I'm, I am so personable about your event, I'm going to take care of you from the time you walk into that reception room or ceremony to the time you walk out that you're going to go ahead and give them peace of mind for them to relax. You are that glue that's for the rest of the vendors to work with. All they have to do is sit down there, relax, have a great time. You've got it handled. You're the master of ceremonies. You're the one that goes between all the other vendors. When you give them that level of confidence and relaxation, that's all they want. After 17 years, it's just gotten more and more and more. Where it's more referral business, once you give them that level of just relaxation, and tell them they need to meet with those guys. But first, make that appointment. Don't bring a contract. I don't. I tell them, look, this is, this is a zero contract meeting. Let's sit down and talk about what you want to have. I want to hear about what, what your day wants to be. That's it. And after that, we follow up. We'll say, look, in about a week, I'd like to follow up after you've met those other companies and go from there. You will definitely get that phone call. Thank you, Mike. I, I, I'm laughing here because... Matthew can't write fast enough. I don't think he has enough pages in there. Hey, Matt, Matthew, also, I want to throw two quick things in, and then we'll uh, continue the discussion with some more of our friends here. Number one, this is my opinion. I'm a multi-system op. Remember uh, the previous seminar Rob and I were talking, I, I mentioned run your business like a business. You said, I'm having a hard time competing with a $300 DJ when a bride and groom come to my home. Don't have them come to your home. No, Rob said, go to their home. Not a bad idea. Get an office. Get a professional office space, even if it's a one-room office that you're paying $300 for. Because I have a 2,500-square-foot office, and that office pays for itself tenfold every single month. You know why? Because I differentiate myself from the herd. You could rent it by the hour in some areas. So that's one suggestion. Have a professional office space away from the crying children and the driveway of your home. That's one key thing. The second thing I want to share with you is don't fear the $300 DJ. Here's why. I think they help because they scare the behooses out of the girls that are in the audience who are a guest and say, no way, no how. It's not going to be that way at my wedding. So there will be six or seven people that walk out of a bad wedding and say, I'm going to get a professional. So don't necessarily fear the $300 DJ. They can help us. Would you introduce yourself, hey, sir? Uh, my name is Kevin Nichols, DKH Entertainment Group out of Macon, Georgia. My suggestion is this. I moved from Orlando to Macon, and that was like moving from, you know, big town to a smaller town. Um, what I tell a bride, it, I, your initial thing is getting them through the door, right, Matthew? 
getting them in the door. I meet out of my house as well. I took over the dining room. It's set up professionally. Not arguing with you. I'm not going to their house because, uh, one, I'm on their territory, and, two, I just don't want to go to somebody else's house. Uh, can't afford an office. It's just not happening right now. Um, how I get them through the door is this. When they ask for a price, I tell them that we need to sit down and talk about it. And I will tell them that I'm the most expensive DJ in Macon. Why don't you come in and find out? The best advice I can give you is show interest and excitement in their wedding day and in what they're looking for, and they're going to come through the door. Then I tell them when it's done. I think in the three years I've been in Macon, I've signed four contracts in the office in the initial meeting. I always tell them to go. I mean, I'm nice about it. But go see other people. Here, here's, my, here's all my planning stuff. Here's price list. Take it. Go see what the other people offer. And then, come, and then they'll come back. If they don't, they're not meant to be your client, and you're going to get a better one. But the other thing to remember is this, and I know it's this is how I look at it. I'm interv- and I tell them, I'm interviewing you as much as you're interviewing me. Don't feel like you have to grab every single bride that comes through that door. So that's just my two cents. You know, Kevin, you brought up showing interest. And it's one of, it's one of the things that we teach when we do sales. You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should be doing... 30 to 40% of the talking during a sales presentation with a bride. My name is Chris with Millennium Music in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, You took a lot of the words right out of my mouth. I was going to go back and sit down. Uh, I totally agree with the office thing. Even if you can rent some space, if you show that you're running your business like a business and you're actually in a business environment, you're a much more credible source immediately. So if you're charging more than somebody else and you don't have an established place of business, the customer is immediately going to look at that in a certain light. Uh, Renting space would be a good move. The other idea I would have is we actually do a showroom in our offices and it, it, it is the best thing I've ever done. No other company in our area does that. We get so many bookings because of it because we can show them this is us, this is what our setup looks like and our equipment is a big part of who we are as well. So that's number one. If you can't have a place, I would highly suggest, uh, and this, is a, this can be highly questionable, but um, bringing an actual bride to another bride's wedding. Now, obviously, you have to clear it with the other bride, but surprisingly, they're usually pretty cool with it. So if you, can, if you are that good and your service is above and beyond other people's services, and you can bring a potential client out to one of your weddings, uh, and you are that good and they can see how well you perform, Every single time we send one bride to another place, they always book with us 100% of the time. No other service in our area can provide that. So, uh, And I was going to touch on a few of the things you did. So, And, and I just want to add to that real quick. You talked about the showroom. Uh, at our, the reason we have 2,500 square feet is because we have a whole section for invitations with a conference table. And my lovely wife runs our invitation department. And guess what? Every bride that comes in to book their wedding for their DJ, they all need invitations. They need unity candles. They need the cake knives. They need all those things. And I don't do it myself. I let my wife handle that because she's an expert at that. And you can actually, one way to make more money without actually increasing the amount of jobs per year is to increase revenues. How do you increase revenues? Sell more to your customers. How do you do that? By offering more than just a DJ service. You're in the wedding business. I'm assuming, Matthew, you do primarily weddings, right? Right. If you're in the wedding business, there are so many other things that you can provide to them, including new architectural-style lighting, not just dance floor lighting. Think outside the box. Like I talked about the invitations. There's all kinds of other things that you can offer. Now you increase all of the revenues coming in. I'm not going to – real quick, I'm not going to spend too long, but we do the exact same thing in our showroom, too. We offer up lights, wash lights, draping all kinds of stuff that we can control DMX at the DJ booth, and our business has over doubled just in that area alone. So adding those extra things, just like you were talking about before, a bride comes in, they don't know what they can get out of a DJ service, and if you're able to provide those extra things and show them in an environment, that you can make you can double, triple, quadruple your sales. So, just a thought. Food for thought. We're talking about the office before you step on up. Mike and I actually have a couple of friends of ours from Maine who are both single-op DJs, and they actually split and share an office. And they were written up in uh, DJ Magazine because they can share an office, they can meet clients, and the cool thing about it is if Mike's booked, he passes the job to Jim, who shares his office with him. So, 
Hello, uh, my name's Sandy from Sandy Sounds Wedding Disco from Belfast, Northern Ireland. Wow, we got somebody from Ireland. Welcome. Uh, I'm thinking about benefits because if I walk into a shop, I think you call it a store, to buy something, and I'm, I come out with a really expensive thing, that's because I found out what the benefits are. And that's one of my important things, that when I'm talking to a client, I'm talking to them about the benefits. And that's where I distinguish myself from your $300 DJ, by talking about the benefits to them. It's um, very much in the UK, it's what's in it for me. Mm -hmm. So when I'm talking to them, I'm, I'm selling my service, but I'm also letting them see that for the premium price, the benefits that they're going to get. And on the other subject of venue, I would, I've never had anyone come to visit me. I visit people in their own home for one reason. I want them to be comfortable. Good point. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm Boyd Brookhart from Denver, Colorado. I'm with Ultra Harmony Music. Welcome. A um, couple things, couple things to touch on. Um, with the question about the $300 DJ, raise questions in their minds. Those $300 DJs can't own their own music. They're just not doing it for enough money. If you own your own music, make that a point of interest. You wouldn't go with someone who's going to give you stolen flowers or drive a stolen limousine. You're just not going to do it. Also, you're not going to go with the cheapest limousine company or the cheapest flower company, obviously. So that's a good point on that. And I had a couple things for earlier for the Web 2.0. Two websites to check out, guys, twitter.com and tatango.com, T-A-T-A-N-G-O.com. I'm a bar DJ, not primarily a wedding DJ. And what I like to do is keep in touch with all the people who follow my show, from bar venue to bar venue. And Tatango and Twitter both allow you to send mass text messages right. to your entire following. So it's a great service. Twitter has become amazingly popular. It might be, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, probably second... Now to Facebook, right? As far as as far as growth, and all of those, MySpace, Facebook, Twitter are all great ways to communicate. Just to warn everybody who haven't been familiar with Twitter before and you start using it, it can be one of the most effective business tools out there in the Web 2.0 world if you learn how to use it. If you don't, it could also be the biggest time waster known to mankind and take you away from all the important things that you need to be doing with your business. So be careful. And in the uh, tradition of the fishbowl, we're just all over the place, which I love. This is great. Say uh, hello to everybody and uh, announce uh, where you're from and, and your name. Well, before I do that, I'm going to Twitter that I'm just stepping up to the microphone at the fishbowl. Woo! That's how to do it. My name is J.R. Silva with Silva Entertainment in Orlando, Florida, and we have a, a good size office space and warehouse space, but we really weren't able to build out for a showcase room. So spinning back to that topic, we decided to do showcases outside of the office at some of our favorite hoteliers. And one thing that's been a real help when we're doing uh, bridal shows and the bride is coming in and seeing, you know, 60 to 100 vendors and getting quite overwhelmed, one of our tactics is we like to say, you know, you're probably overwhelmed. There's just so much to see here. We are having a showcase just two weeks from now at the Clarion or at the Embassy or wherever, the Marriott, and you can come in between 6 and 9 o'clock. We're going to have desserts. We're going to have coffees. We're going to be talking about how... Uh, we're gonna, you know, we work closely with you. We're going to showcase some of our performers. There's also going to be a limo uh, driver there. There's going to be a cake lady there. And there's so many things for them to see outside. It's a more intimate cell. And we found a way to not have to have so much square foot that you're paying for at the end of the month by doing remote showcasing. JR, thank you so much. In my uh, area, we have several of our wedding facilities that recommend us out that do monthly dinner samplings. And what they do is they have all of their prospectives and even people that have already signed up with them come in for a night of dinner. And if they, they pay the bill, but if the bride and groom end up booking the facility, they get their dinners complimentary for the evening. But what they've done uh, with an idea that I threw by them is we go in and we provide the music that night. So it's almost like a mini little bridal show in a sense. And you just go, and, and I think it's important to be subtle in the sense that you go table to table, you introduce yourself and ask them if there's anything that you can play for them, and that's pretty much it. And then you just have your literature on the side. 
We book weddings every month with that simple little one night, go out, play some music at the dinner samplings. It works very well. Hello, how are you? How you doing? My name is Dennis Mercurio. I own Life's a Party DJ Entertainment in Charlotte, North Carolina. Originally from Jersey, in case anyone's wondering the accent. Um, my question is this. I have recently lost my full-time gig, and now I'm very happy and proud to say that I am a full-time DJ. So, so with that, there's a couple things that I'm um, interested and, frankly, scared about. First of all is health care benefits for my family because I have a two-and-a-half-year-old girl and a seven-month-old little guy. And then also, when I was walking in the room, some things I'm looking for are ways to supplement my income but also stay in the realm of DJing. And you had mentioned before about the, um, the invitations and, and things of that nature. Good. So, well, welcome, and I'll sit down and listen to everyone. Welcome comments. to being a full-time DJ. I'm going to give you a piece of advice, and this piece of advice is probably one of the most important things and differentiates why you're here and your competitors are going, I can't go. My phone will ring. I'll miss these calls. Technology is a great thing. Master the technology Call waiting, call forwarding can be such a useful tool, especially when you're here. You can run your business from anywhere. Half my, I booked a wedding this morning at 7 o'clock local time here in Vegas because I have my phones forwarded. Now, the client didn't know that I'm here in Vegas. The client didn't know that she woke me up from a sound sleep. But the client got on the phone. She had got my packet. We had talked and she said, I want to book you. I said, that's fantastic. I took her information. 20 minutes later, when my office manager showed up at the office back in Boston, I had sent her an email and she had confirmed that the contract went out. So master the technology. You talked about healthcare. Um, the two main leaders uh, for associations in our industry do offer some kind of healthcare benefit. I don't want to say it's insurance because you do need to check the facts on that. But while the, when the exhibit hall opens, you may want to ask them about it. There are other resources available. You just need to know where to look. And uh, supplementing your income, the, the easiest one is real simple. And Mike actually got me into this whole thing. Is You've got gear that's sitting in your garage, warehouse, home during the week. Rent it out. And, and also, uh, constant contact. Dot com is a e-newsletter that you can easily design yourself. What it allows you to do is not only keep your clients in the mix, and what I recommend is create a monthly e-newsletter that goes out to all of your clients. You could actually make separate lists for your clients and for your professional vendors. So you can create a different constant contact list that says, this is what I'm doing today at the Acme DJ Company. These are some of the new things we're doing. Here's some of the not-for-profit uh, charity events that we've done. And it just keeps you out there in, in the mix. But you can also throw little tips and ideas on how to plan a great wedding. Every month we do our 10 favorite cake-cutting songs. You give them something. They want something, and they're going to open and read that if they're going to get something. But then once you give them something... You can also explain some of the extra things like we're now offering wedding invitations. Let's tell you when you should make it a nice article and explain when to send the invitations, why you need to save the date cards, give them little ideas, and then say, oh, by the way, we are offering them. We are offering a photography package. We're offering live musicians. We're offering video package, whatever it is that you're doing to do more than just provide the disc jockey. And that's one way you can take your business now that you're full-time and grow it exponentially. Uh, Steve Beck, A Little Night Music in Montgomery, Illinois. Uh, first of all, on the issue of whether to visit clients in their homes or have them come to yours if an office is out of the question, the insurance industry has really studied this. And they will tell you people are much more comfortable and therefore likely to buy when they're in their own homes. So that might be something to consider. 
My question is, I started my business two years ago after working for others. Um, I am, at this point, still a part-time DJ and a full-time accountant. My biggest competition isn't the $300 DJ. My biggest competition is my day job because it takes way too much of my time. It doesn't give me enough time to market and grow my business into, hopefully, someday soon, a full-time business. Most of you full-timers, I would assume, started as part-timers. You didn't make the transition by getting fired, unlike my friend Dennis there, and I hope it works out for you. Um, how do you make that transition? How do you develop that business while still maintaining a day job? That is such so a great question. And, you know, Dennis, I'm sure with some of the things we're going to bring up here, you're going to be like, I didn't think of that. I'll give you the top three real quick. Number one, save like you've never saved before because now you're on your own. Um, if you have a spouse that has medical benefits, make sure they're worth it. There you go. And um, taking the leap takes a lot of courage. I call it taking the plunge for one reason and one reason only, because the, you can't go back to a day job. I mean, you could, but you know what? I know that half the, half the corporates I work for right now would love to hire me, but I'd last about two hours and I'd be like, you know what? I, I enjoy working for myself. Um, time management is key. If you do have an office from home, the biggest piece of advice I'm going to give you is make sure you have a dedicated work area away from a television where you can close the door and be away from distractions. When I went full-time and I started on this, I had just uh, bought a condo. And my condo area where I worked overlooked, it was a loft, overlooked my living room. So I used to turn the TV on for noise originally. Then I could tell you that Springer was on at noon every day and I set my watch by it. I didn't take phone calls from 12 to 1. Avoid the distractions and... Do yourself a favor. If you can find it out there, there are plenty of them available. Time management is crucial. Make a list of what you want to get done and then devote. Don't expect to do it all in one day if it's a big project. Do little chunks and take baby steps, and you'll get there in one piece. Real quick, a little piece of inspiration for our friend over here, because uh, I've been full-time for about 13 years after my father-in-law laid me off. True story. Well, no, it was the best thing he ever did for me. So I've been doing this for 25 years, but that's what I needed. You get out of something what you put into it. I have probably put more effort this year into my marketing, more energy into my business, and we're having one of the best years that we've ever had in 25 years in this market. I'm almost tired of hearing people say, it's a down economy. I'm so sick of watching CNN. Maybe we just stop putting all this negative energy out into this world and put some positive energy out. So you get out what you put into something. If you put your heart and soul into your business, you're going to succeed. And I wish you all the best in that. Yes, sir. Rich Siebert from uh, Beach Boys Entertainment Service in Akron, Ohio. Um, I've been in the business for 25 years, and, and one of the problems is um, keeping my DJs busy in January, February, and March. And what's been very successful for me is I started a casino business on the side, and my dad makes the tables for two, $300, but they're great. I, I'm sure maybe some of you have DJed these casino events, but you start small. You, you can use one at a bridal show as a gimmick, and while the, you're talking to the brides, you have somebody dressed in a tuxedo entertaining the grooms and saying, you know, this isn't something that you gamble on and, you know, you'll have them play a, a hand of blackjack and it keeps them at your booth for a little longer. But over the past two, two months, we've had 10 DJ event, or 10 casino events that uh, gross more than 3,000 in events. So it also gives my DJs who are not working those months a chance to get some work and uh, make a little extra money in the off-season. Good call. If, you're, if you don't have a handy relative that can make the casino tables, you look around. eBay is a great spot to find them. Hi. Hi. My name is Melissa. Uh, my husband and I own a DJ company called North Shore Productions, and we're from far eastern Canada. Prince Edward Island is our province. First time oh. here. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like this is really cool that we've got people from outside the United States actually coming to these events now. Most people don't know where Prince Edward Island is, but anyway. We're a small island. We have a small demographic. 
and very small town attitude. Um, everybody knows each other type of thing. Uh, one of our biggest problems the past year was like when we make when we take a booking, we require a deposit uh, within a couple of weeks to reserve the date for the bride and groom. Um, but we don't really have a follow-up plan to ensure final payment. We usually meet with our bride and groom a couple of months before their wedding to finalize their details and their contract at that time. But this past summer, we've lost um, a few thousand dollars in people that would cancel out last minute. And we're trying to figure out a be- what the best way would be to avoid that situation. Okay. Um, where we can't fill those spots last minute. and A couple of things that you brought up that I would give you a recommendation on. Take a look at your contract. I wouldn't give them two weeks to book. I give them 10 days when mm-hmm. I write a contract. If mm-hmm. they don't have a retainer fee to me in 10 days, oh, well. How much should the retain, like the average retainer that, fee that's, be? That, Is it a percentage? Honestly, I, I look at that as a preference we do 30%, but I know some people do 50%. Mm-hmm. I know some people that do $100 on a $2,000 wedding. Mm-hmm. So I think you got to kind of look at the apples and oranges. The other thing is I would, sure up, I would sure up your contract a little bit so the final payment is spelled out that you will be paid in full by this date, two weeks out, a month out, whatever that's going to be, and then put in a cancellation clause. Mm-hmm. Cancellation clause, meaning, for example, the deposit, and I'm going to take a guess here. You can tell me yes or no. You're, once you take that deposit, that's yours no matter what, yeah, correct? Yes, non-refundable. Okay. Yeah. Um, put in a clause that says that if you cancel 60 days out, you're liable for half the balance due. If you cancel 30 days out, you were still required to pay us in full. And when they want justification... Mm-hmm. It's because of the fact that 30 days out, the chances are very low that you're actually going to rebook that date. Mm-hmm. Throw that into your contract. Explain that to your customers. I think you're going to find, A, you're going to get your retainer fees and your deposits quicker. Mm-hmm. And, B, you're not going to lose a lot of money in cancellations last minute. We don't have, but when we take our bookings, all our bookings are done primarily over the phone and through our website. We don't give them the contract right at that time. Credit card? Do you take credit cards? No. Look into that. Yeah. That's what I would recommend. Take a credit card to and just say, listen, if you want to book us, we do require a credit card to put your retainer fee payment on if we're doing this over the phone. We'll send you a receipt with the contract, send that out to them, and, you know, have them send it right back, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of great programs out there that you can find for credit card processing that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg. Mm-hmm. That's what I see. I'm sure everybody else will chime in. Also, 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 remove the term deposit from your contract. It should be an initial payment. Never use the term deposit because any lawyer will tell you that you have no right to that by using it under the term deposit. Okay? Initial payment. Well, I don't think it's any different Canadian versus the United States. They're smarter than we are with their laws. <laughs> That's why, they, that's why they have a license to buy music, and we don't. We're dumb. Uh, the other thing I would tell you is I know that there are many DJs that have payments that are set throughout the term of the uh, engagement with the uh, couple that you are uh, going to be servicing. So what happens is, let's say you book for June of next year. You have one year. You get your initial payment. At maybe uh, the halfway point, you take another payment, and then you take your final payment a month before. This means that you're getting income throughout the year, even during these slow times, which is really important for certain places like where we're in New England. Winter and snow, it really slows down considerably. So I hope that answers a couple questions there. We're running out of time, so let's bring it on the train here. Uh, Jason Weldon, Synergetic Sound and Light out of Philadelphia. Gentlemen. Great, as usual. I think you all Thank deserve you. a round of applause for... We'll cut you that royalty check after but, the um, show. JR, I, I think if, if I had a million dollars and you were trying to sell me a million dollars, I would buy a million dollars. Um, I think you, you, you showed something that... I think we all have a problem with $300 DJs. And I think the biggest issue comes into play is that one thing that you were up here that you did, you didn't talk about you at all. 
It had nothing to do with what you provided because I think we all sit in this room and we all say, well, this is what I do and this is what makes me different. Well, we all come here and we all tell them the same thing. What JR did was kind of show you, well, why don't you come out and see the different things and the different options that can make you feel a little bit more comfortable. Nothing really about the DJ because if you're trying to compete against a $300 DJ, first of all, probably the marketing has something to play with that mm-hmm. because if you're $1,200, you probably need to move some of your marketing money around so you're not attracting the $300 DJs. But more importantly, it's the way that you present your sales to them, your pitch to them, that you can't say, well, you're going to meet with me or I'm going to do this different or I'm going to do that different because we're all telling them that. Even the $300 DJs are telling them, well, I can do the same thing that you're doing for $1,200 for $300. So now it's a mute point. It now comes down to really, let's not even talk about that. Let's just talk about why you want to book me personally. Or like JR did, he was up here just talking about nothing DJ related. Um, So that was one point. I think this is like a microchasm for about a four-day seminar on all the things. The second thing is we all take out loans for equipment and cars and mortgages But yet, when the part-timers want to go full-time, take a loan out for your salary. And very few people kind of do that. They don't believe in themselves to the point that, okay, I can live off $40,000 a year. I have the equipment. I'm just going to take a loan out for $40,000. I'm going to quit my job, or you were laid off from your job. And that's going to be my, my payment every week. I'm going to pay myself from that loan. And if I believe in myself enough that I can actually do this, then at the end of the year, you're going to be making that money back and you can chip down at that. Um, so, And I don't think a lot of people know or I don't think they believe in themselves enough. They think they're too worried that what happens if it doesn't work and what happens if, I, if you know, I'm not getting enough work and, oh, my goodness, what can worry? So that loan can kind of help out and not buy more DJ equipment. That's something I never thought of. Thank you. Next up, I want to make this short. First, I want to mention... Uh, my name is Bob Viking. I am from Madison and Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin. Um, I offer a substantial prepay if anybody pays the contract in full when they sign it. And I also offer a littler prepay if it's prepaid 60 days before the event. Um, I am a retired English teacher, speech teacher, and high school debate coach. One of the biggest things that I see people do are Oh, you guys are getting married. That's cool. I've got a bunch of neat lights. I'm, I'll do your, I will do your gig. And it goes on and on. You are telling them straight out, you are a $300 DJ. You know, Bob, you brought this up. I was having, give him a hand. When I first ran into Scott Favor this morning in line while we were waiting for, for passes, um, we were talking with somebody, and Scott says, I don't have gigs. I have celebrations and events. It's all funny how those two words can change everybody. Who are you, and how can we help? Uh, or how can everybody help? I, actually, in particular, the women, the women here. Uh, my name is AJ Barbarito, once again, from Millennium Music in St. Louis. Um, I don't own the company, but I do manage the rest of the DJs. We're multi-op, so we, I have an, about seven DJs. Um, and, uh, in my hiring and just in booking, I've found some difficulty with women DJs in that some brides, easy, some bride, no, no, not all I'm seeing some, no, 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 I love, believe me, it's not the, the DJs themselves. It's the bride's perception of having a woman DJ their wedding. And so I'm curious to the women who are here. How have they encountered that kind of prejudice, and how have they dealt with it? You know, um, Mike, you know what? We're going to bring the women on up. And while they're coming up I'll to the mic. I'll let her take over, and I'll sit down. While they're coming up to the mic real quick, <laughs> you are dead right on. I had two female DJs on staff, and I tried to get more, and I would try to sell them, and it was four times as hard. And the brides, the women, I would say, why do you not want Debbie? Well, I kind of want, like, a man's voice. I don't get it. No, you know what? I, I got to throw the other one, in the, and I, then I'll let you step up, step up. I actually require my DJs to meet the customer before they book as part of the pre-event, you know, the pre-consultation. I find that having a woman DJ helps because she can go in 
and I have two women DJs on my with my company. They can go in and girl talk the brides, and the girls love it. You're up. You're spot on there. It's different for me because I'm not part of a multi-op. When people make contact with me or I make contact with them, it's direct with me. So they know I'm female straight away, and I can start building up that rapport with the bride from the word go. The other thing I have is I can empathize with the bride because I'm female, and we talk girly, and we talk about dresses, and yes, they book me. And, And what she's doing is she's capitalizing on the advantage. There are disadvantages... And there are advantages, and she just brought on some of those points. It's never been an issue for us. Um, we, our business is mostly referral, and it's, it's always just about the quality of service that we provide, whether it's me or my husband or the other DJs that are male. Awesome. One thing I wanted to bring back up again is uh, you said non-refundable is what I use, retainer fee. Every lawyer knows what that means. But you can also call it non-refundable booking fee. Mm-hmm. And I use the word non-refundable for those who don't understand big words. Right. You just want to try to avoid the term deposit in every possible way. You're our last guest. Hi. Hi I'm Rob. What's going on? Hey, what's uh, happening? Dan Ryan out of uh, Philadelphia, Ryan Rhythm. Jason, don't steal this idea. But I'm going to throw something out. <laughs> Listen, um, you're going to share. It's open for everybody. DJs go, that's something that I've run into a lot. And don't take this the wrong way. I actually have a female DJ who is extremely attractive, great personality. And we were running into that so much, so we kind of got frustrated, and we went a different route that has actually turned out to be more lucrative for her and the company. Um, Casinos, they are really on the prowl for female DJs. If you're a female DJ with a good personality and you're presentable, you can make as much, if not more, than you can doing weddings, and you can do it during the week. And that's what we've kind of done. So my suggestion to other companies out there, if you're near casinos, do that. Also, bars, like we actually joke about it. We do one bar in downtown Philly where they pay her $350 for a Wednesday night. And who I consider to be my top DJ does it on a Thursday, and they'll only pay $250 for him. (laughs) So what I'm saying is it's definitely an obstacle. I don't personally agree with it, but I think it's like kind of the whole there's no female priest. The church can't get over that. It's the same thing with weddings. They can't get over a female DJ. So instead of trying to combat it, there's a lot of other uses that if you sit down like Chris and I basically did that. We sat down and came up with some ideas and came to a happy medium, and she's thrilled, and it's doing better for the company. So that was I just wanted to make that point. Hey, folks, I just wanted to uh, thank everyone because the whole concept of this fishbowl does not work without you. You've been a great audience. We've You've talked awesome. about thank contracts, you. women DJs. Thank you so much on behalf of Steve and Mike and myself. Thank you very much, and enjoy the rest of the show here in Thank Vegas. you, everyone. Thank you for being a part of it. We appreciate it. The DJ Idea Sharing Podcast is brought to you by NLFX Professional and Promo Only.